Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time that we have with you here today, O Lord God. And we pray that you, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, will continue to be here in our midst, O Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. I pray that you reach out and touch them, O Lord God, in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. Glad you could join us here. And today I want to talk a little bit about boldness, boldness uh, in, our, in our Christian walk and boldness in our lives. You know, um, the opposite of boldness is someone that is rather timid, you know, a mousy, if you will, you know. And if you think about two animals, you know, you have a mousy kind of person and you have a bold kind of person that acts like a lion. Okay, who, who is strong and, and, and fearless. Well, the word of God refers to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as a lion. Revelation 5.5 5 says that Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's called the lion of Judah who has triumphed. Jesus has triumphed over temptation and sin, over pain and over suffering, uh, over fear, over death, and even over the devil himself. Jesus is the lion who retreats before nothing. He treats before nothing. He defeated the devil himself. Amen. He's given us the power to do also. Jesus is a fighter of the lion of David and of kings. Jesus descended from the tribe of Judah and his role as the lion of Judah links to the destiny of man. Okay. His role links directly to us. The Bible says that we should be Christ-like. So that means then that we should also be a lion when it comes to our faith and challenges that are in our lives. Okay. We should not be acting timidly or, or mousy, if you will. We should be bold as a lion. A Christian lion is someone who is not afraid to follow Christ. Okay. You call yourself a Christian. You know, we've all, you know, confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if that's the case, then we should not be afraid to follow Christ. We shouldn't follow Christ only in the comfort of our home, homes or follow Christ in the safety of being in our churches during worship service. We should be following Christ all of the time and not be afraid to follow him. Okay. We Christians acting as lions, we need to wake up every morning prepared for battle, waging war against sin and death so that others might come to know Jesus Christ. You've heard me say before, we cannot be closet Christians, okay? We need to be bold about who we are in Christ Jesus, okay? We as lions are supposed to be fearless, unafraid, okay? We should boldly face persecution, boldly face ridicule if it's coming against us. We should be bold and have unwavering faith and a steadfast heart in terms of who we are in our relation to Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, nothing to be ashamed of, something to be very, very proud of, of, and something that we should be able to be bold in confessing and saying out loud. However, we know that in reading the Bible, that we often have examples even of some of the giants of the Bible, Bible acting rather timidly, okay? And we want to look at that today. I want to look at some comparisons between being timid, if you will, and also being bold, all right? And we need to model our lives after Jesus Christ to try to make sure that we are being bold, okay? But first, let's look at one of the giants of the Bible and uh, look at how he was acting rather timidly uh, early on in Scripture here. So why don't we go to Exodus 3, verse number 5. Exodus 3, <clears throat> verse number 5. I'm seven, seven, I'm sorry, seven. We're going to start with seven, sorry. Exodus 3, verse number seven, okay? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. 
Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. The cry of the Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. He's speaking of Moses here. I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I? Okay. Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children out of Israel, of Israel, out of Egypt? Okay, now, God is giving Moses some directions here. Right away now, he starts saying, whoa, me? Who am I? Okay, this is timidity, you know, that is, is showing up in Moses here. Okay, now, of all the time that he's been with God, of all the time that he's seen God's hand move, then he should know that if God is sending him and telling him to do something, that he's going to be sending him to accomplish that task without failure. Okay. But right away we see here, he's saying, who am I? Okay. Sometimes God gives us some directions, you know, it has a, has a task for you to do. And right away, the first thing that we say is that, well, wait a minute, Lord, me, who am I? I don't have the education. I don't have the training. Uh, I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, uh, I've never done this before. Okay. So we start saying, well, Lord, why me? Who am I? Well, this is what Moses is saying here. Who am I? I to go into Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people. children. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Okay. It goes to say in verse number 12. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee, that thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I came unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of, our, of your fathers hath sent me unto you. They shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Okay, so Moses, now he's worried about the people, you know, how they're going to react when he says, well, God is sending me to Pharaoh. He's worried about the people saying, well, well, what's this God's name? Okay, what's this God's name? And Moses saying, what shall I say to them? What shall I say? And God says in verse number 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, please underline it. Said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Okay. Wonderful. Beautiful. I am that I am. That is such a powerful statement. In other words, God is saying, it's as simple as this. I am that I am. Okay. It's saying that, 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 that I, I am everything that is. Okay. I, I am self-sufficient. Okay. I, I, I don't need anything. I exist entirely on my own because I exist. I am that I am. Okay. And so he's just saying to him, to, to Moses, you tell them that the most powerful being in all of existence in the entire universe, I am is sending you. Okay. Simple as that. Tell them that I am is sending you. And verse number 15 says, and God said, moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. I am that I am. Okay. The God who created you is I am. Okay. All powerful, all knowing totally self-sufficient. He relies on nothing for his existence. He relies on nothing, no one, okay? I am that I am. That just talks and just screams such power, all right? So he is your God. He is your creator. And many times we forget about that, you know, because we start, you know, having all of these thoughts. We start entertaining all of these doubts and we start wondering about God. God is exactly who he says he is. I am the most powerful God. Amen. And he's telling Moses, this is what you do. This is what you tell them when you when you go uh, when you go to tell your people. And also when you go to Pharaoh, do not be concerned. Do not be worried. OK, but Moses still has some timidity in there. OK, and we will move forward here to um, Exodus four, uh, verse number one. Exodus four, verse number one, we see Moses still acting timidly. And he says here and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. In other words, he's worried about them not believing him. Okay. He's worried about, again, he's forgetting the fact that God is sending him and preparing him for this mission. But again, he's worried about what people are going to say. 
Okay. If God is doing something for you or in you and is sending you and preparing you for something, don't be worried about what other people are going to say. Don't be worried about whether or not they will believe that God is endorsing and sending you and preparing you for this particular task. Don't worry about them. Okay. God is the one that we need to make sure that we're being obedient to. You know, I've seen so many times, you know, and, and it's happened years, many years back when I was, you know, a babe in the Lord and the Lord would speak to me about doing something. I say, boy, if I talk to so-and-so about they're not going to believe, you know, what I hear the Lord telling me to do. Don't you be worried about that. OK, you just know that if God is preparing you and if God is sending you, then it means that he is preparing the way. He's preparing the way. He's going to remove all obstacles, okay? And those that do not believe you, well, so be it. If they don't believe you, they don't believe you. But that is not to hinder you. That is not to delay your actions in acting on what God is wanting you to do, okay? Don't be so concerned about other people. What would they say if I was to tell? You know, a lot of times if we were to sit down and tell, especially an unbeliever, if we were to sit down and tell an unbeliever exactly what goes through our minds, what goes through our spirits in terms of our our relationship with God, in terms of what's happening in our lives, uh, in terms of the miracles that we've seen happening in our lives, a lot of people would not believe. A lot of people would not believe. Okay, you try sharing with somebody, you know, some of the things that God has done for you, some of the tough spots that God has gotten you out of. Some of the times where you've been, been blessed with a piece of money, where you just desperately needed some money to pay a bill, to pay the rent, or pay the mortgage. Okay, many people would not believe our testimony. Okay, but that is not for us to worry about. Okay, and don't be thinking about where or why God might be sending you to do something and what others are going to think about it. You just simply follow and do what God is telling you to do. Okay, so verse number one again, Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say the Lord has not appeared unto unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. It became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. He put forth his, his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has, has appeared unto thee. Okay, so he's showing him, him some miraculous signs here. Verse number six says, And the Lord said, Furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. His hand appeared to have leprosy on it. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So it was back to normal. And it shall come to pass, verse 8, it shall come to pass. If they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the, the uh, voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take off the water, Thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry, dry land. OK, so God is telling Moses here some things that he should be doing. OK, when it gets to the point where they don't believe him. OK, God will indeed perform miracles at Moses hand, so to speak. OK, and therefore this will further convince the people that God is indeed sending him. All right. Verse number 10 says, and Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord. I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Okay. Now, some theologians say that this is meaning that Moses stuttered. Okay. He didn't have an eloquent, eloquent speech, but that is not a barrier for God. Okay. And I don't care. You know, you may be one of those people that do not like public speaking. I've known a lot of people that don't like standing up in front of a bunch of people and talking and everything like that. And I'm not saying that God, I don't know what God's going to do in your life. Doing your life. I'm not saying that God's going to move you to do any public speaking, be it whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's something involving your job. You know, all I'm just saying is that if, is, is that if, if God is telling you to do something, okay, 
Don't worry about your speech. God will indeed take care of it. He will make a way. Don't make that a way. Don't let that timidity settle in where you can say with Jesus, I'm not qualified. Okay. If it's not a speech thing, again, going back to what I was saying before, Lord, how could you be sending me to do this? I don't have this. I'm not qualified to do this. I've never done that before. If God is preparing you and sending you someplace, then he will make sure that you are able to do it or he'll give you the facilities or give you other things that will enable you to carry out your mission. Okay. Now, again, it says here now in verse number 11, and the Lord said unto him, who has made man's mouth or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Okay. Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. He'll be happy to see you when, you, when he uh, sees you. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall say. It will teach you what you shall say. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even as he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take uh, take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Okay? So God said, Let me give you the tools, in other words. In this particular case, it was his brother Aaron. And that's what we have to rest and be assured of. That if God is sending us someplace or was preparing us for a mission or a task, that we don't ask, act timidly and start asking God, why are you sending me? Okay, we need to rest assured that if God is sending you, that he's preparing you, is preparing the way he will give you the tools. He will give you the, the, the wherewithal to carry out and do what God is wanting you to do. Okay, we have to make sure that we, we, we remember that. All right. Amen. Amen. Now, what does that have to do with today's sermon? Okay. What does that have to do with the here and now? Okay. We see the interaction between God and Moses here and what God was telling him to do and how Moses was, was showing some hesitation, some timidity. What does that have to do with today's message? Well, saying of God, what I'm saying to you is that we're living in an age today where some would like to intimidate Christians and silence the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. Without a doubt. There are many out there that would love to keep you quiet, that would love to, 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 to stifle your testimony, who would not want you to talk about what Jesus has done for you, how Jesus is, is a vibrant and alive part of your life. There are many out there who wish to stamp out Christianity, they want to stamp it out in the schools, they, they don't want the Ten Commandments around, I mean, all sorts of things are going on here to just, to, to just stifle the Christian voice. They don't want anything spoken about Jesus Christ at all. We're living in a time where some would like to silence our testimony, would like to even coerce us into their way of thinking. Okay. They want us to think and profess and talk the way they think and act and what they speak out of their mouths. They want to push us into, into doing things which could compromise our faith, which, were, which could compromise our Christian walk or even prevent us from receiving from God. If they had their way, they want they want us to compromise and just give in and say, oh, well, gee whiz, you know, I don't need to do this. I don't need to follow God. I don't want to even talk about Jesus Christ, but I will go along with the program. There are many things being taught, unfortunately, to our children in school, which are profoundly against the word of God. OK, a man is a man and a woman is a woman, for instance. OK, and no, no writings or, or, or anything else. I mean, because a dictionary all of a sudden now is embracing uh, a, a definition of a man is uh, what is it? Uh, um, anyone, anyone who believes, you know, or feels that they're a man, that they are indeed a man. And the same thing for woman. According to God, it is it is a biological fact. A man is a man as God created him and a woman is a woman as God created her. As simple as that. But they would love to for, to coerce us and push us into their way of thinking. Okay, and they're aiming a lot at the, at the children now because they know that the children are, are the future of mankind. So if they can get the children to think and believe the way they think, then this is what they are going to grow up believing and acting on in their lives, and therefore further that same that same perverse belief into those others that are around them. 
Okay, okay. So, so there is indeed a mighty, a mighty move. They like to coerce us and to keep us quiet from doing what God would want us to do. Amen. And how, and, and therefore prevent us from being blessed by God. Okay. A, 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 a Christian lion, uh, is someone that has to make sure that they are doing always what God wants us to do, regardless of, of the pressure that may be around us. Right. Some will, will try to put obstacles in our way. Or give us things to do that we know are, are not right. But will try to give us to give in anyway. Okay. There'll be maybe those that are around you who will even test you because they know you're a Christian. He or she, okay, yeah, he or she calls herself himself a Christian. See if they'll do this. Let's, let's invite him. Let's invite her to go along with us to this, to this party, to this gathering where we know there'll be ungodly actions and things going on. Okay. Right, so, 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 so let's test them. Let, let, let's try them. Right? There'll be times where you may be around some other people and they constantly want to tell, you, you know, dirty and perverse jokes and everything like that, just to see if you'll go along with the program. Excuse yourself. You know, someone in the office place there starts going off. You're around the proverbial water cooler or the coffee pot or whatever, and, and they start going into some, na- some nasty or perverse vote joke or something like that. Just excuse yourself and walk away. And to say, where are you going? Say, I have other things to do, better things to do. I don't want to hear that. Simple as that. Right? Okay, okay. We, we don't want to be in a place where we are so timid that we want to, to, to go along just to get along. Okay? We, we, we are citizens of two worlds. You hear me, you've heard me say a million times. We're citizens of this physical world, and we're also citizens of the most important world, and that's God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. So we have to make sure that's where our allegiance lies with God's kingdom and don't let ourselves be, be, be coerced into doing something that we know is contrary to the word of God. And, and you'll know when that comes up because Holy Spirit that is in you will, will prompt you. Holy Spirit that is within you will prompt you. you. You don't want to hear this. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be there. You don't want to go there. Or what you're hearing is not true. What you're hearing is not in accordance with the Father's will. You'll hear it in your spirit. Okay? So this is the time for us to be bold and not be timid and just sit there and take in what is going on. Don't let those obstacles be put in our way. Okay? Okay? They will try again. They will try to get us to do things that we know are not right. But it will try to get us to give in anyway. Okay, and I don't know countless times where I've spoken to other Christians, you know, in, in, in counseling and so forth like that and, and just told them, well, 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 well why, why did you do it? You know, why did you go along? Well, they're my co-workers, you know, well, they're my fellow classmates and so on. That doesn't mean anything. You are a child of the living God. Okay, okay, you, you are the child of the living God. God is telling you what you should and what you should not do. So therefore, we need to bold enough to just say no. Simple as that. No is a two-letter word, but it's a very, very powerful word. Very powerful. Okay? Okay? No has changed the path of history in some particular cases where someone has simply decided not to do this or not to stand for something that is going on. Okay? You need to be bold enough relative to your children's education. I keep coming back to the children here. Maybe it's, it's the Holy Spirit here. But, but we need to watch over our children so much these days because there are so many insidious, sneaky plans that are going on within the school system. Okay, so just say no. Don't permit your child to attend certain things where you know there are ungodly things uh, about to happen there or things that are going on. Just say no when it comes down to uh, to, to looking at your, your, your school council members and so on like that. All right. Okay. Just be bold enough to just say no. Amen. Many times we know what is the right thing to do, but we simply keep keep quiet and we don't do what we know what God would want us to do. I keep saying that over and over again because it is so important, important. You know, are we behaving like a mouse or a lion? Are we behaving with timidity or with boldness? That's what we need to ask ourselves. Okay. And I say to you, I submit to you that as time continues, as Jesus continues to tarry, we're going to see more and more of this because the Bible says that these things shall come to pass. Amen. There's been a great falling away at the church. I think I mentioned to you a couple of sermons ago that that if you look at the reports and whatnot, there's been a statistical in statistics, there's been a drop off within, quote unquote, Christianity. Okay, even between 2019 and now. There's a falling away. And the Bible talks about that also the apostasy of the church. Okay. Many people hate the fact that even if you talk about Christianity or talk about Jesus, I mean, you can talk about other religious figures, but don't dare mention Jesus name. 
Okay, you can talk about other religious uh, figures from other religious groups or sects or religions, whatever you want to call them, but don't mention the name of Jesus. Okay, and that's been going on for thousands of years because of the fact that the devil would love to see the name of Jesus simply stamped out. Okay, so we need to make sure that we are being bold and we're not behaving timidly like a mouse. Okay, after all, what is there to be afraid of? Okay, we have nothing to fear. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, there's nothing for you to fear. God the Father is with you. Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus is in you. Amen, amen. So there's nothing for us to fear. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says that the wicked flee when no man perishes, when no man pursueth, sorry. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Okay, that's Proverbs 28 verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Okay, so that means that the wicked are so afraid that there's nobody chasing them, but they're fleeing anyway. Okay, this is because if you have a wicked heart, then that means you always have a guilty conscience and you're always feeling that someone is out to get you, that someone is persecuting you. Okay, all right. All right. If you see people that are constantly afraid all the time, it's because inside they know that something is going on that is not right. Maybe they're involved with some wrongdoing or maybe it's plain old guilt that is, is driving them. Okay, but 28... Uh, 28.1, the wicked flee when no man pursues them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Okay? So that means that we have nothing to fear. Okay? Nothing to fear. We're not running from anyone or for any, from anything. Jesus Christ as a lion defeated the devil, so we don't have to run from the devil. We don't have to run from any demonic spirit. Okay? And if you are running, you need to stop, plant your feet, remember who you are in Christ Jesus, turn around and face that enemy and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Get away from me. We don't run. We don't run from any perceived evil or any perceived wrongdoing. We run and we stand bold as a lion because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And he gave us that name to use. He gave us that name to use. Okay. We have the authority to use his name. So we need to make sure that we are being bold. Sometimes we wind up running in fear of others when, when there is no reason to fear, fear from another human being. Okay? We have no reason to fear another human being. You know, one thing, one thing that the atheist or the non-believer or the agnostic refuses to understand is that our God is God over them too, whether they want to acknowledge it or believe it or not. Our God created them also, whether they want to acknowledge or believe it or not. So therefore, we have no reason to be fearing another man. Okay, I will not fear what man can do to me. Simple as that. Okay, okay, so we should not be running. We should not be acting timidly. We should be acting boldly. We have been filled and empowered by Holy Spirit. Therefore, we should be bold. Okay, okay, all right. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the name of Jesus God the Father is indeed your Father, so why indeed do we act timidly or mousy? We should be bold as a lion. We're not like those that are in the world. You see, people that are in the world, they have no hope. They have no hope. They have no concept. Those that are in the world and don't know Jesus Christ, they have no concept of living really a fearless life. This is why they give in and succumb to, to, the, um, uh, uh, to, to, to the things of the times. Because they want to seem like like they understand what's happening, like they woke, if you will. So therefore, they go along with the program. They have no concept of, of God being with them and the fact that they don't know Jesus Christ. They just fear what the repercussions would be if they disagree. Okay? But we as Christians, we don't fear what the repercussions would be if we don't agree, if we don't go along, because we know we're simply going to do what God would want us to do. And someone may try to shut you up, someone may, may try to shut you down, but we stand bold and we stand strong, okay? I want to look at some examples of that if we go to Acts 3.1. Acts 3.1. Acts 3.1. And we're going to start with, uh, again, verse number one, of course. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour uh, of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man came from his mother's house, uh, came from, from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. This is happening after the filling, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Okay. Uh, 
two again. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Okay. So this man is standing there. He's begging for money. They said, look, look at us. Okay. And so the beggar looked at him. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee. Underline that, please. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay. So he said, basically, I don't have any money. But what I do have, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give it to you freely. I'm going to say to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Okay. So again, he used his authority to use the name of Jesus. Okay. I don't have money. I don't have gold, silver. But what I do have, this is what I'm going to give you. And verse number seven says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Okay. Now they knew that he had been sitting there for years and years and years. They knew he couldn't walk. Now all of a sudden they see him leaping and jumping for joy and he's praising God. So people are watching and they're observing all of this happening. And then verse 11 goes on to say, And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why marveled you at this? Why marveled you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we made this man to walk? He said, why are you looking at us as if we did this out of our own power? 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Okay, so he's saying here that you delivered up Jesus. You wanted someone else. Remember, they chose Barabbas okay, to spare Barabbas. He was a murderer and a crook and a thief and everything else going on, but they wanted him released as opposed to Jesus. So he says, so, and you delivered him up. Verse 14, you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and you killed the Prince of Life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. We, we, we witness that. We know this. Verse 16, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Underline that, please. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Okay, so he's given all the glory to Jesus. He's saying there in the name, uh, verse 16, and in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Okay, so this is what I'm telling you. We've got the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so therefore we should not be, be, be worried about what people are going to say. We should not be, be, be quiet about what people are going to say. Here, Peter is, is talking out strong. He's telling exactly how this man was here. Was there anything that, hit, that I did, he's saying, it, it was through the faith in his name that made this man strong, the name of Jesus that made this man strong. So in front of all of these people now, he's giving glory to God. He's saying how this man was indeed healed. Okay? All right? And then it says in verse 17, and now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has also fulfilled. Repent you, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before um, was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Okay, that is boldness here. Okay, he's telling them straight up. 
the one that healed him, you were the one that he was the one that you, you sent sent to the cross. You killed him. You chose to have a murderer released instead of him. But he is the one that healed this man that was lame. That you all knew and you saw him sitting by this gate for years and years and years, just begging and asking for alms. Okay. So you see the boldness with which he was speaking there. The apostles were bold. They, 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 they wound up doing things. They didn't worry about who was listening or who was looking at them. They knew the Pharisees and everyone was always standing around watching them. They knew, but they didn't hold back at all. This is how bold we need to be in our profession and confession of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Okay. So if we move ahead here to, uh, to Acts 4, move ahead to Acts 4. And starting with verse number one, we're talking about boldness here now, okay? And as they spake unto the people, verse one, as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, okay? Here we go now, all right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, captain of the temple, all of a sudden now, all right? Verse two, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Okay, so they were upset with the fact that they were talking about Jesus Christ. They didn't like this. There are many that may be around us that don't like us talking about Jesus Christ. Does that stifle our testimony? Does that stifle our voice? Does that stop you from speaking boldly about Jesus Christ? Okay, all this is happening, as I said, this is happening after chapter two of Acts, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So these men are speaking with boldness that Holy Spirit is giving them. You have Holy Spirit also. You believe Jesus Christ is Lord. You've confessed him as Jesus Christ is Lord. You've accepted him into your life. Then according to the Bible, you have Holy Spirit. So that same boldness needs to be in us. We don't stifle the name of Jesus. We don't stop talking about the Lord, regardless of what someone may want you to do, what God, regardless of what someone is trying to get you to do. Amen? Amen? So it goes on to say in verse number three, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now even. Okay, so they grabbed them up. They arrested them, if you will. Okay, and they held them until the next day because it was now in the evening. In verse number four says, how be it, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So in other words, in that interchange that went on with what he, Peter was saying to the crowd about how this man was healed by Jesus, the name of Jesus and so on, people heard that and people started believing. So that really upset the ruling class, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and so on. It really upset them. Okay. This is why people don't want us to talk about the Lord because they are afraid that others will start believing us. Okay. They don't want you in the workplace talking about the Lord. They don't want you in school talking about the Lord, unless you're in a Christian school or something, unless you work for a Christian organization. But as far as the world goes, they don't want us talking about Jesus Christ and the wondrous things that he's done in our lives or the wondrous things that we've seen the Lord do in the lives of others around us or what the Lord has done through various uh, situations in our lives or through various occurrences. They don't want us talking about that. Okay. Okay. But these men here... They were, they were, they were, they were arrested, held over. And they said in verse number four, how be it? Many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. Wow. Okay. Verse five. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Now they're all there. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Can you imagine this? Okay, all these people are around them. And they're, they're, they're deciding now that we're, we're going to question these guys who are doing all of this stuff in the so-called name of Jesus. We're going to question them. So he says, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, okay, got another a fresh anointing now of Holy Spirit there. And he says, unto them, you rulers of the people and elders, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we, if we, if we, if we, this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Now he's really, really digging it in there. He says, be it known unto all of you, okay, that by the name of Jesus, who you crucified, you crucified him. God raised him from the dead. And this is by whose name that this man stands before you whole. So he's saying, you asked the question. Now I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to tell you exactly why this is happening. I'm going to exactly tell you how it's going on and why it's going on. Okay. Verse number 11 says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's not salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. There's no other name under heaven by which we may be saved. And go through names and names, you know, for you in other religions, but I'm not going to go there. According to the word of God here, there's no other name. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only way. And that may insult some people. Well, I'm sorry, but this is the fact. This is a fact. And if you go thinking that you can go confess some other name or go and do something else and expect that you're going to have salvation and enter into eternal life with God the Father, then you're, you're sorely mistaken. And I feel so sorry for you because you're laboring under a, under, under a false belief, under a false conception. Okay? Jesus Christ is the only way. There is salvation in, in any other. There is, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. See, there we go. Unlike word boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Okay. You see, they thought they were, were unlearned men, ignorant men. You see, the Pharisees and Sadducees, don't forget, as you may have heard me say a million times, they were the ruling class of, of the community, of the religious, quote unquote, um, community. Okay. They had degrees. And so, if you will, you know, perhaps masters in divinity, if you will, and PhDs in divinity, if you will. Okay. And th- these were what were so-called educated men. So therefore, anyone that was not in their class, they were considered to be ignorant and uneducated, okay? Unlearned, as they said. So they were, they were shocked and surprised that these men could be speaking with such authority. They were really surprised, okay? And there may be, may be some people there that, that, that underestimate us. They may think that maybe we don't all have advanced degrees, you know, in divinity or, 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 or theology or something like that. You, you know, that, that we don't know what we're talking about, that we don't understand. But it does not take degrees in theology and, and divinity and everything. It does not take those sort of man's knowledge. It doesn't take graduating from a seminary to understand and be a powerful child of God and walk in boldness because we have Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we don't have to have man's measurement of accomplishment. Okay, it's simply knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. All right, so don't worry about what how others view you. Holy Spirit will talk to you. Holy Spirit will guide you. All right, okay. So 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 they were marveling that they that they had such you know such things coming out of their mouths. Verse fourteen, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. I mean, the man was healed, so they couldn't challenge what he was saying. The man was standing there healed, but when they had uh, commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves. Okay, so they told them to leave the council where they were holding them. Okay, go outside. Now they're starting to talk amongst themselves. Verse number 16 says, saying, what shall we do to these men? What shall we do to them? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. Okay. So they're wondering now, what, what, you know, we're, we're in a quandary here, they're saying to each other. Okay. We're, we're in a fix here. We're in a pickle here. You know, everybody saw what was done. No one can deny that. Everyone knew that that man was lame. And now they stood there and they said, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And he got up and he walked. He said, we simply, we simply cannot deny that. What are we going to do? Okay. Verse 18 says 17, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them. Underline this now. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Okay, so so we're going to threaten them. We're going to tell them, you better not ever talk about Jesus again. Okay, we're going to threaten them and tell them, you better not ever talk about Jesus again. 
This is where people today in our lives would love to, to get us to, where they could threaten us and tell us to shut up talking about this Jesus. They would love to today in today's age to tell us that, that, that if we say anything, that all of a sudden the roof is going to cave in on us. Okay. You can't do it on Facebook. You can't do it on Twitter. You can't do it on uh, Instagram or whatever other social media that's there. Don't you dare mention the name. This is where they would love to get it to be. Don't you dare mention the name Jesus. They'd love to get it so we can't talk about Jesus in the workplace, in school. Okay. They would love to get it so we can't even talk about Jesus in the neighborhood for that matter. If they could, if they could, could monitor all conversations. Amen. Amen. So, so you see, so, so this is not a new spirit. What we see happening today It's an ages old spirit and it was operating in the scribes and the Pharisees back then. And this is the thing that we see revisiting itself now in these so-called modern times. This is what this message is about. Timidity or boldness and how they would love to just shut down, shut us down so that the name of Jesus cannot be spoken about, cannot be furthered. Okay. Verse 18 again, and they called him and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. So they called him back, say, from never and from now on, you shall not speak or teach in the name of Jesus. 19, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Okay. Okay. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding finding nothing how they might punish them. They had no way of punishing them. All right? They were bold. They told them, they said, we cannot but, we can't help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Okay, So we can't be shut down. We will not give in to man's wishes. We know what God has done in our lives. We know what God has done in our loved one's lives. We know what God has done around us and everything. So we cannot be shut down simply because someone says, don't you talk of it. All right. Don't you talk of it. And then because of that, it said in verse 21, when they further threatened them, they let them go. So they threatened them one more time, but they had to let them go because they couldn't find a way to punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Okay. All right. So, so, so that they, they failed. They simply failed. The Pharisees, they could not shut them up. And then if we just jump ahead quickly here to verse number 29, okay, go to verse number 29 and you see that it says, and now Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. Underline that, that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. Okay. So he's saying, Lord, you heard what they said. You heard how they threatened us. Okay. So we're praying, Lord, to continue to give us boldness that we may speak your word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done, uh, may be done by the, by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Okay. Again, there came a a new outpouring of Holy Spirit. You see, see, they were professing their boldness. Lord, give us the boldness to continue speaking in the name of Jesus and speaking on the name of Jesus and confessing the name of Jesus. And it says that, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Amen. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. They tried to threaten them, but they were still bold. Okay. And they were to the point, you see, you see, you see, and the world may try to, to, to threaten us and try to shut us down. But the signs and wonders and the things that will happen, perhaps through you, as God moves you to, to witness and, 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 and speak or to come forth within the workplace or in school or in the community, wherever it is that you may be, things will be happening. I believe that in these times, as Jesus continues to tarry, that God's miracles are not indeed going to disappear from this planet. Not at all. Not at all. I think they're going to increase. I think they're going to increase. Okay? I think they're going to increase. And as those around us try to pressure us to be quiet and to shut up 
to give to stop our testimony. We need to make sure that we're asking God for our boldness, because when they see that they cannot shut us up, when they see that they cannot quiet us, when they see that they cannot coerce us to behave and believe like they believe, we're going to see others believing also. They're going to see they're going to see others believing also. And that's where there will be a fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit. We're going to see that, I believe, in our times. There's going to be a fresh new anointing. There's going to be a, a, a falling of fire. Then I always pray, Lord, let your fire fall to burn away the dross. Amen. Amen. God's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. There's going to be, there's going to be a, a separation from those that are timid and weakly and those that are bold and strong in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So be bold. Be bold, saint of God. Stand strong and know who you are in Christ Jesus. And these days, do, do not be coerced to follow along with anyone or anything that you know is not in line with the word of God. And God will bless you. God will hold you up. And God will continue to minister to you. So be strong, I pray. Be bold, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just magnify thy name and glorify thy name, O Lord. We thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And I pray, I pray that these words that we've heard and read today, O Lord God, these words will get deeply locked within our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one when he decides to raise his ugly head in our lives, O Lord God. Let us always be bold, O Lord God, to speak forth who we are in Christ Jesus. Let us always be bold, O Lord God, to, 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 to stand against the things of the world that would try to coerce us and make us go in the direction that you would not want us to go, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let us be bold and strong in you, O Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We just glorify thy most wondrous name. We thank you so much for this time that we've had. We praise you and worship you, for only you are worthy to be praised. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. And I pray that if this message was a blessing, um, pass on the link to where we can be found. Okay, that's www.genesis1.sermon.net, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when this content is made available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries, you can search. Uh, we have our apps for Android and Apple devices. They can be downloaded free of charge from their respective app stores. And, are, um, you know, these messages, by the way, can be downloaded from the website and also through the app. These uh, messages can be downloaded all free of charge. We simply want the word of God to go as far and, and wide as it can to cover this entire world, okay? We praise you. We love you. Let us magnify the mighty name of Jesus. And we love you for being you and for joining us, okay? So come back again. Spread the word as Holy Spirit so guides. And uh, go forth in peace. And know that always Jesus is Lord. Oh, Lord, praises to